Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. Cybercrime isn't just an IT issue, it's a business issue, one that's strong enough to hurt even the largest businesses and organizations. Today's guest is Mike Moran, president of Affiliated Resource Group in Dublin, Ohio. Mike is here today to provide us with a comprehensive overview of the security risks we are facing today. From your basic hacks and data breaches to phishing and ransomware, we're going to learn what we need to do to protect our companies, our clients, and our people. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Mike. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you uh, tolerating me one more time. This well, is great. We, uh, you did such a great job the first uh, time you were here. We, oh, well, thank you. Uh, we thank thought you very we'd much. have you back. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great topics. You know, I want to start, Mike, with a little bit of uh, kind of your um, little bit of your resume. You're sure. a well-known speaker in certainly the Columbus area and around the state of Ohio. I want to hit a couple of topics that you've been. Uh, covering with uh, uh, whether they're white papers or speeches and other articles. And we just want to read a couple of these because it uh, kind of fits with today's topic. Sure. Uh, you've talked about um, disaster recovery planning for growing and mid-market organizations, how to successfully select your next ERP system. You speak all the time on CRM or customer relation management aligning your IT and business goals, and using technology to improve your team's success uh, in uh, today's security risk and successful ways to address them. You've been quite busy. Uh, yeah, there's a, um, there's a definite need today to help organizations understand how they can get their IT resources. That's, if you will, think about it. Your your both your IT systems as well as the people that are part of your IT team. Get those folks aligned with your company plans so you can achieve your goals faster. You know, many companies look at IT as a basically it's a black hole of expense and they try and avoid it many times because they don't understand it. The reality is is that if you embrace it and move it forward, we're all getting more technology-driven. I don't think there's a single business executive today that doesn't have some sort of smartphone that they use on a regular basis. That's one part of an extension of the systems for your organization. You know, I know when we get together on a uh, regular basis, we usually talk uh, family, sports, politics, business, and you're very passionate when we start that business conversation. You always talk about aligning your IT and business goals and how that is overlooked in today's environment by organizations of all sizes. It really is. And and it's uh, the, the industry leaders have recognized it and they are moved forward in driving that forward. I was uh, at a, a session last week and uh, out in Phoenix and they were talking about this and they said that the average enterprise level company spends between $450 and $600 a month per user on their overall IT spend. And when you think about how expensive that is, people have got to be looking at how are we as an organization going to be able to get more out of that return. And, you know, when you look at a growing business, a small business, if you will, a, a nonprofit organization, they have many of the same challenges. Obviously, they don't have that much uh, in terms of financial resources to spend, but they definitely are spending a lot of money in terms of where they go. So let's go back to what you said earlier. You went to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. 
And when it was like zero degrees in Ohio? Yes, I got on the plane on Sunday morning and or Sunday afternoon, and it was 83. I got off the plane here in Columbus, and it was 17. It was quite—I'm glad I wasn't wearing shorts and flip-flops. So that's great. Uh, again, I think that uh, speaks to the visibility of— uh, your company and your expertise as you travel around the country and and speak to colleagues on this very issue that you're you're passionate about. You know, today we're gonna we're gonna talk a, a, on a couple different levels. Uh, certainly, I wanted to hit that. Um, you know, the IT uh, goals and things. I think that's very important, and it'll kind of interplay with uh, what we're going to talk about today. But you know, this email craze it's it's in every business all around us, and certainly that's posing more threats than ever before. And I think that's something you shared with the group. What are, what are you seeing as far as email security? Yeah, That's a loaded question, but let's it, start it is. there. It's, yeah, I mean, we could spend hours on this, but I, I think when you look at, you know, I'll call it the history, if you will, of kind of these hacks and malicious attacks on organizations. A lot of them, you know, maybe started off as something that was, we kind of think of a hacker as a, a a guy sitting in his, you know, parents' basement, you know, just playing around. And whether he's still in high school or didn't get through high school or is past high school and hasn't relived it, wants to relive it, that's what we people originally think of that. And that's today it's just not true. Today this is an organized business. This is an this is something that is designed specifically today, not to maliciousness is there, but it's to get and generate revenue for the people that are performing the activities. And, and so when you look at that, you think about the, the, the lowest level of that might be spam. We've had spam for years and years and years. But today, what they're looking at in doing the spam is they're actually, they were trying to get a response. Well, now if you just even glance over it or try and open it, you set yourself up for someone to implant malware which can cause all different sorts of problems in your company. The One of the bigger issues that we're starting to see is an awful lot more phishing. Now, on, on, a, on a simple measure, if you watch MTV or you watch TV at all, they have that show called Catfishing. So those folks that are a little younger than you, Dave, would get what that is, Thank where you. they impersonate someone else online and get someone to, quote unquote, I believe there was a linebacker who played for Notre Dame who was probably one of the, the biggest catches of that. I think the guy plays for San Diego now in terms of where it goes. But that's that's that on a on a practical level. But on an email level, they're sending you an email. And they're trying to get you to do some sort of action. And in many cases, it could be as easy as just to respond. Some cases, it's a demand for payment and people aren't paying attention or aren't aware. And so they go ahead and process the payment and the money goes off. In the Columbus Dispatch in October 1st, the headline talked about a, a family that sold their house. And a year after they sold their house, they had not received the proceeds because a person fished their real estate agent sent the information onto the title company. The title company wired their money down to Houston to where the bad guy was and the organization, the, the family had not received, right. said to sue them. Well, when you think about it, the real estate agent said, look, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't send the email. The title company said, hey, I just followed the directions and nobody wants to pay. So what happens? These guys are out $215,000 or $216,000 because someone did that. And that sort of thing is happening more and more and more. The other thing that you might see is, and, and with the proliferation of everyone using their mobile devices for their email, it becomes a lot easier for people to send you an email. For example, I got one probably six, eight weeks ago. 
it actually said I'm on I'm out of the office and I'm looking at my mobile and it says, hey, your American Express card has been locked due to fraudulent activity. Okay, I kind of did a quick open of the email thinking, hmm, okay, I've had this happen a couple of different times. And then I see you got to do this. And then it says, go here. Well, I'm kind of a old school fool and I prefer to call the 800 number because right. that's why they give it to me. And it didn't have one on there. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's let's deal with this when I get back to the hotel and I'll look on my workstation. So open up the laptop and I look at it and it's like, okay, I know how to read an email scenario. I open it up. It's in my preview section. There enough, when I look at who it's from, it says American Express, but it says dave.capture at capturex.com. So it was obviously somebody phishing. And then when I looked at it, sure, it had the American Express logos and all that stuff, and it looked pretty efficient. There was no email. There was no phone number. There was a click here to get started. What did they want? They wanted to get my information. And it happens all the time to people because they're not aware of what they need to do. And what does this do? Well, if I give you my information, now they can hack into my systems and gain access to a whole lot of stuff. Now I give you that, they might plant, again, some malware in the company and do that so they can go through my corporate systems and look at things. So that whole concept of being aware of what you're getting is very important. And, and while it sounds real simple, it's not. Because if you get 100, 200 emails a day, Man, you're going through those pretty quickly. And again, if you're on your mobile phone, you wouldn't have seen all of those things. So my suggestion in that case, the first one I'll toss out is that I think that if you get an email from someone that has anything to do with financial or they're asking for personal or business information, unless you're absolutely sure what it is, I wouldn't necessarily respond to it on a mobile phone. I, I would wait until I got back to my actual workstation, whether it's a laptop or desktop, and then take a look at it. And, and I'm going to, in a couple of minutes, I'll recommend ways that you can start looking at your email because I'm amazed. Outlook is so flexible and 90% of the people use Outlook, right. but it's so flexible on a desktop that most people just kind of set it up in a default manner instead of setting it up in a way that can help you prevent these things from happening to you. You know, you made a good point. You uh, you use the word 100, 200 emails, and I would assume uh, in your business you get at least that many a day or or yeah, some days or I get more. more. Yeah. And so, how do you manage that volume of email? I mean, I would think as you go through, like all of us, we go through and uh, harvest those emails very quickly. Yeah. Just to get through them. So there's there's a fair amount of that. Uh, I think the the side to me it starts with how you view your Outlook screen. And a number of years ago, I got sent to, before we started Affiliated, I got sent to some training of a variety of type for executives, and these guys kept sending me stuff. Well, they all of a sudden said, here's a way to get yourself better organized. And so I went to this one-day class, I think it was about eight or 10 years ago, and one of the first things they talked about was dealing with your email. And most people have their email set up so that they get a ping, they get a preview, they get all this stuff on there. They said, turn it off. It's a distraction. The second thing they did is they said, let's talk about setting up your Outlook screen so that you can be more efficient. And if you think about it, everybody has their folders on the left-hand column. And then typically most people have the rest of their email is this broad list of all the emails that come through. And when you look at it, there's you know, there's the title of the email and who it's from, and there might be a little information about, you know, date and time, but that's really about it. You got to open the email to see it. Well, what they said was, is up in the navigation bar, there's a thing called view, and you choose a reading pane. 
And the reading pane will give you the ability to just click down this thing if you want to see them and you look at them. And that way you can see these emails fairly quickly. You can have your mouse on the delete button, boom, 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 boom. Or like me, you start to know who some of these folks come from because you get them every day and you just click them together and mask get rid of them. Yes, you can use junk mail and you can train your system to do that. And Office 365, which is Microsoft's new Outlook product, gives you the ability to have some things in uh, a primary and a non-focus capability. But setting up your Outlook screen with that reading pane is a huge benefit. And what we recommend and what we do when we do our user awareness training is to start at the top. Look at who the email's from. Yeah, it may say it's from Dave Kane. Dave Kane doesn't spell his name D-A-V-E dot K-A-I-N-E-Y at X-Y-Z dot com. Look at that because that is something that it is. And if you don't necessarily recognize it or you don't get it and someone's asking you for money or asking you for personal company information, look for a phone number and call them. Or, you know, worst case, send them back an email and say, can you clarify what you're looking for? That's, I mean, that's the worst case, but give them that shot. Let me give you an example, okay. and, and you've seen it. I mean, we've uh, we've been out together. You know, you're sitting in a restaurant and, you know, having a conversation. You see people next to you, and they're going through their emails like, I mean, there's a race. Uh, how quickly I can go through those emails and get rid of them. I think, wow, that's, that's kind of dangerous, isn't it? Well, I mean, we're seeing that all over the place. You know, like, for example, in my case on the email, I pretty much can decide from a preview how much you want to look at them. And... I don't think there's a problem with that because you're deleting them. Right. So it's the key that people are opening them up and then all of a sudden deciding to respond to some of those things in terms of where it is. Oh, you know, again, my American Express card, it's it's been clucked. Well, I've gotten three different cards over the last year and a half or two years because unfortunately, every time you use the American Express at a company that had a breach like Home Depot, they send you a new card. Right. So, so my point was is that when they said that, they call it fraudulent activity. They don't say your card's been locked. So that's kind of was the first trigger. And now, had I never had that, I, I might've had a different response. But again, the point was when I called it up on my workstation and looked at it, boom, it was not what we need to. You know, it's all about user awareness training and helping to help the business. Because you can say to IT, well, this is your job to protect us. Well, unfortunately, in today's world, IT can only do so much. As a user, we have a responsibility to learn how we can also help be a part of the solution as well. Yeah. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, as you look around the production room, you know, the team here is supposed to be producing this podcast and three of them are busy on their cell phone looking at their email. That's okay. Uh, you think that's okay? That's okay. They're engaged. They're, they're listening to you give me grief. And at the same point in time, they're multitasking, as some would say. And that's the way the new, that's, that's, that's the way people do it. You know, is it, is as we go forward, do you see a situation where companies are going to exclude or, or prohibit employees from getting office emails on their cell phone, no. on their personal cell no, phone? I, I think that the direction is that it's going to the use of the mobile phone, the mobile device to do more business is going to expand. It's not going to contract. And it is up to IT as well as the user to become as effective as they can at protecting. And those are some of the tools. I like get a simple level. You've got your antivirus and those kind of things. And user awareness is a focus of, of protecting. The second level is a detect. Once something comes in, how can I determine that it's hit us 
faster than it used to be. And, and I'll explain that in a second. And then the last level is what's our response? How quickly can we respond? So when you think about that, you, we, let's talk about that email that we just said. Let's just say that all of a sudden they decide that they are going to plant some ransomware because unfortunately that's where the real money's being made today. You know, the Equifax breach that everybody heard about last year, that's great. But somebody may get $2 to $500 or $1,000 for a big group of those people's information. If I lock down your systems, I can get a heck of a lot more money. And it's a lot cleaner and a lot faster because it's a one-shot deal. So that's where, if you look at the criminal element, they're really focused on the ransomware issue. And, and my point to this is, is that protect. I've got to have the tools that can help me try and keep it out. I can't keep them all out because inevitably it's going to happen either from good-natured user trying to do something or the guys are just going to break through. But then I've got to have a system that detects because today what they're doing is, is they're planting their, their malware, if you will. They're planting their, their bad stuff. And it may take anywhere from one hour to a couple of weeks for it actually to kick in. And you may find it initially and then all of a sudden clean things up and then it comes back and it hits you a couple of weeks later. What happens then? Well, we kind of forgot about it and we weren't paying attention where, boom, that's one of the things that you got to do. And the key also is, is being able to have a solid set of backups that are tested and organized and be able then to use that to help recover for it. You know, this conversation goes back to really where we started the podcast is, you know, the IT goals and the yep. business goals must align because this is, uh, you know, an internal control security breach, keeping, you know, keeping uh, uh, your data secure. So it is all about IT goals and business goals. It, it is unfortunate that companies today, organizations, if you will, are, are having to spend more money on security as opposed to being able to provide tools that truly help advance the organization's productivity and help them achieve their goals. The reality is, is if you're not investing that money and you get hit, it becomes fairly damaging in terms of where that goes. Are we winning the battle? I, I don't know that that's a fair question for me to answer. Um, I, I think that every time so, uh, an issue is thwarted, there are appears to be three to five people that are coming up with a new issue that has to be thwarted. So I, I think that, you know, as, as I'm going to call them the bad guys for lack of a gender specific term, but as, as the bad guys realize that there's money to be made at this, they're going to continue doing it because it's, it's realistically, it's gone beyond that concept of, well, I'm just, I'm just joshing with you and I'm showing you I'm smarter than you are because I can prevent you from getting access to your screen. But, ah, you know, you, you can get that access. It's not that big a deal. These guys are in it for the money. And, and when you have governments that are involved with what they're doing and on, a special, on an official way, part of what they're trying to do is they are looking at stealing intellectual property secrets, whether that's from other governments or whether that's from commercial businesses to help advance their own country's interests. It's the way it is. You know, that's a good point. I mean, when we think of uh, data breach, you think of social security numbers, addresses, birthdays, that type of data being um, uh, stolen. But intellectual property, that's getting bigger and bigger. The theft of, of plans, blueprints, top secret. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as it, you know, for years, the old thing was, is that, you know, a salesperson left the company and they took the sales, uh, they, they took the customer list with them. Even though they had a non-compete, they took the customer list. I mean, that's the simplest of, of that intellectual property. On the other hand, 
you know, it does go up to as detailed as, hey, I'm building something and I've got two competitors and Lord knows I may have what we need to do, but I haven't yet secured the patent. If these guys can steal that information, they can build it out before I can get the patent. They can beat us to market. You know, in the next uh, few minutes we have before we wrap up, let's talk about next steps. Okay. What what are maybe three, two or three next steps that a business owner that listening to the podcast can do this afternoon? Sure. I think that if you're a business leader, some of the questions that you might want to look at in terms of just at a simple level, getting together with your team, whether it's, you know, all of your management team or part of your management team and IT and ask, what are the threats that potentially face us? What is it that we're really trying to protect? Because some companies are trying to protect a lot more than others. Some companies have compliance responsibilities that they have to protect. But what are we trying to protect? How are we doing it today? What potential do we have for exposure? And then the next part of that goes is, is that, okay, do we have a plan to get it resolved? If we don't, what do we need to do? Is this a serious enough? In other words, I, I kind of draw a an X and a Y axis with the likelihood on the the top line and the um, impact to the business on the bottom line. And a lot of IT people think you got to protect everything. Well, the reality is, is that some of those issues aren't material. But when you start looking at higher the likelihood, the bigger the impact, you've got to put that in and you've got to do something about it. So that becomes, how do we get a plan? So to me, I would ask that if I were a business leader, I would say, okay, do we have the skills to do it internally? If not, do we have an outside resource that we can use? I'll, I'll give a plug. I mean, obviously, they can call their Ray an associate resource, their their CPA or their business partner or partner. They can come back and potentially recommend some people or some approaches. But, the, the you know, obviously, we do that. But my point is that you've got to have people help you. And we're seeing more and more companies reach out and say, help us with that protect detect and respond. They're knowing they've got to do these things. And what are the various pieces to those pieces so that they're protected? It's not just one thing. People spent tons and tons of money on antivirus for years. Well, then they had a problem and they realized their backups weren't very good. Or they spent tons of money here, but they didn't know when to detect that they had an issue and it went on for a while. So they've got to actually start allocating how does that work in terms of where it right. Now, a note to our listeners, uh, obviously, Mike is very talented, knowledgeable in this area. Uh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you to talk uh, more, certainly they can contact us at at Ray and Associates, but uh, give a plug. How, how would we get a hold of you? Um, what would be the best way? Sure. A simplest way is they could call the office at 614-889-6555, and they can ask for me or they can ask, ask for Amanda, and one of the two of us will be happy to at least start coordinating a conversation with them. They can go on online to www.ares grp.com. That's our website. And there's information and opportunities there to uh, at least say, hey, I'd like to have a chat. To our listeners, we can help you find Mike. He's offices right across from the studios <laughs> of Ray Radio in Dublin, Ohio. Yeah. And, and Dave, just, just so you know, I'm, I'm surely not the only person that can do this. I mean, really good, solid, competent IT people can help. We're always out there and looking to be able to help do that as well. I'm just, it's just a, you know, it's the reality is, is we need the whole community, if you will, to work together to help reduce. These but in risks. addition, you can talk very intelligently about sports and politics and business. Unfortunately, not all the people that we talk to want to talk about those things. So we'll just keep it to business. There you go. 
Our guest today has been Mike Moran, president of Affiliated Resource Group located in Dublin, Ohio. Thanks again for joining us on Unsuitable today. Great job. Thank you. We've talked uh, about cyber threats before, but I really think you provided us with some great insight into what we can do to help others become champions of data security as well. Listeners, we've got a wealth of information about cybercrime and data security on our website. Check it out at raycpa.com. You can also reach us at podcast at raycpa with your questions. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or check out video from today's episode on Ray's YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.